everyone, it's Chloe, and I'm so excited to share something fabulous with you, Vogue's first ever global fashion community, Vogue Club. Our members get to mingle with Vogue editors, yes, including me, and fellow fashion enthusiasts at exclusive events around the world. And that's just the start. Membership opens doors to the fashion industry, bringing you expert career advice and insider style and beauty tips. What are you waiting for? Head over to Vogue.com membership to join. And here's a little treat. Use code TRT20 and snag 20% off your membership. That's TRT20 for 20% off your ticket to Vogue Club. Are you in? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think we found our guest host. I think we have. <laughs> it's an honor to be nominated. <laughs> oh my god, I I can't believe it. This day has finally come. This is a big deal. I think uh, I think you're the one. Oh my god, I agree. Huge, huge for me. <laughs> can you when handle most, it? I think I can. We yes. can do this. Can everyone else handle it? That's the question. <laughs> oh, just be sure to have a lot of fun well, and be I'll a bit careful. Do my best. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> promise, promise we won't break anything. We'll break it a little bit, but we'll put it back together. <laughs> this is The Run-Through, and I'm Jose Creales Sueta. And I'm Laia Garcia Furtado. And this week, Chloe and Chom are taking a little break from the pod, so we're here guest hosting. Um, but we should probably introduce ourselves to the listeners, right? Yes, we should. I am the senior fashion news editor at Vogue Runway. And I am the fashion news writer of Vogue Runway. And in case you missed it, we've been guests on the run-through before. So you should definitely check out those episodes. Yeah, we always bring the fun, but we're also really excited to be here uh, this week because, well, it's Leo season. Mm-hmm. We're both Leos, and our special guest this week, Hilary Tamer of Kalina Strata, is also a Leo. Which we just found out, but we are not surprised about exactly. at all because the Leo energy. I mean, you can just It tell. just radiates. Yeah, it radiates. Um, for our first episode, we really wanted to vogue runway-fi. <laughs> runway-fi. That's a word. That's a word. It's, it's a now. word now. Yeah. But we really wanted to vogue runway-fi the pod. So we decided to bring a designer on the show, and we knew that Hilary Tamer, again, the creator and designer of Kalina Strata, would be the best choice. She, we love her because she has a unique perspective, a unique aesthetic, and she also loves to speak sort of very honestly about the industry, about, you know, her journey as a designer, but also as a small business owner. But before we start our conversation with Hillary, we're going to talk about what's happening in the world right now. I'm ready. You're ready? I mean, it's not exactly news, right? But everyone's talking about the two movies that came out this weekend. Barbie and Oppenheimer. Are you tired of them yet? Are you tired of the conversation? I could talk about Oppenheimer forever, but I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but Barbie Core can maybe take a little break. Period. Well, you actually introduced Oppenheimer Core to the world last week with a story you wrote for Vogue Runway. I have been waiting for a year to write this story. Really it is, have. yeah, the FBI agent that listens into our conversations has proof that this story has been brewing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know about Barbiecore. Barbiecore rules our life. Nobody remembers life before Barbiecore was a thing, before pink was a thing. Like, it's all that. And I was like, well, what if, 
you know, we treated Oppenheimer, the movie about J. Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb. What if we treated it the same way? Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually, it like it was kind of like a funny idea, but people did dress up as Oppenheimer to go they did. see the movie. Lots of suits. Lots of lots, suits. Because it's, it's really a movie about suits it's and about, men. Yeah, because it's about men with jobs. <laughs> yes, very real jobs. Very real jobs. So there were a lot of people that wore suits and hats. Yes. Suits and hats. But do you foresee Oppenheimer core outlasting Barbie core? I mean, no, but yes, because I think Oppenheimer core lives in all of us. Yeah. You know, it's like every time that you wake up depressed about the world, but <laughs> oh you God. still put on your little office drag yeah. and go to work, that's Oppenheimer that's like, core. I'm curious about life after Barbenheimer. What what's what's next? Depression. Depression. Well, I'll tell well, you what's hi, next. Barbie. Nothing. It's true. No movies are coming out. Well, there's a, there's a few really good movies I'm excited about that are premiering in Venice. But oh, that's true. Yes. But other than that, it's, you know, Challengers, which is something that everyone was very excited about mm-hmm. with Zendaya. Um, the Luca Guadagnino movie has been pushed to April. Yeah. I was also really excited about that Julio Torres movie with Tilda Swinton, yes. Problemista. Yes. Because a big Julio Torres yeah, fan. Yeah, Julio's amazing. But I think that also got um, pushed back. So I'm curious what trends, other than Barbenheimer, Barbiecore, Oppenheimer core, <laughs> other than that, what trends have you spotted in the summer? I mean, besides the athleisure of it all, which is sort of the New York uniform these days. I mean, I think we're about to enter, are we about to enter a little soccer moment? It looks like it. But have we left a soccer moment? We have not left a soccer moment, I think. No. Because of the World Cup and because I think, um, you know, Wales Bonner mm-hmm. loves the soccer reference. And she's been ruling high for a number of years now. You can't call her an emergent designer anymore either. <laughs> no. Um, and Martine Rose, who actually every time Jose and I are on this pod, we talk about Martine Rose. This is true. Big fans. Yeah, Hi, this Martine. is like <laughs> Jose and Maya Bingo mentions Martine Rose. Take a shot. <laughs> mentions Leo. Espresso. Take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So she did the uh, costumes, uniforms. I think they're. I One think in this same. case is the same. For the women's national team. The US. US one, yes. Yes. Which is interesting because... Martina's a British designer. Martina's British. But this is a Nike collaboration, mm-hmm. and Martine has worked with Nike in the past. I believe this is her second collaboration with Nike. Yeah, the sneakers are sick. Yes. And they're so hard to find, hard mm-hmm. to get. I may have copped a pair this morning, but I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> So do you remember, it's like the Nike shocks, you know, it's the ones that have the little like um, springs on the heel. Yes. So evidently, uh, you know, during the 90s, this sneaker style was huge with like the UK ravers. And so uh, last season or two seasons ago, Martine brought it back mm-hmm. and she gave it a square toe because Martine loves, loves a square, a square toe. toe. And then she turned it into a mule. Mm-hmm. So the shoe is like unhinged. It's amazing. It's such a good show. Yeah. So then, like, two days ago, pictures of the U.S. women's national soccer team dropped, and they were all wearing these, like, incredible blue fitted suits and these insane Martine Rose sneakers. And, like, the colors that she made them are, like, super bright blue and purple. And then there's another pair in, uh, like, neon yellow and orange. And they Mm -hmm. looked so good. So I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's going to be, I don't know, people are going to still be wearing their jerseys, a little Martine Rose, yeah. wear, a, wear a suit. 
again. I love Megan Rapinoe was look, wearing a suit. She looked amazing. She looked really good. And <laughs> it matched her really hair. Yeah. Yeah. Do you watch Soaker Laya? Well, I do. I live in a sports household. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband watches all of the sports. <laughs> all of them. All of them. And so, yes, we have been watching the like he will wake he will wake up at five in the morning to watch wow, whatever commitment. yeah he's very very committed he's not a fairweather fan okay so i won't be watching no but i will be looking at the photos of everyone in their matching rows <laughs> of course <laughs> which is i i stand i support what else has been what else has been happening well britney released a new song her first song back with will i am how was it it's interesting because it sent the internet down a spiral for a variety of reasons. One, because obviously it's Britney. We love Britney. We want to see her happy and thriving at all times. But in this new, in the photo that teases a single, this is actually a photo of like around 20 years ago. Okay, right. Yeah. So people at first were like, oh my God, is this AI? And obviously eagle-eyed fans noticed that it's actually not AI, but it's a shot. It's a photo that Herb Ritz took of her. Years ago. But honestly, if you had a photo that Herbert took of you, would you not use it at all times? Literally everything. I just I everything. also love the idea that it's like it's not AI, it's literally a photograph. Exactly. It's it's literally it's, it's called it's, Go into it's the still archive. Her. Yeah. <laughs> but the song is aptly called Mind Your Business, which well is she's been she's been asking us to mind our businesses. Yeah. Um it's a really fun song. I mean, listen, internet was gagging because they're like, is this all AI? Did she do it? Did she not do it? She did do it. She went to the studio, she worked with Will I Am. This is not the first time they worked together. But speaking of Britney, what I am the most excited about is her memoir. Oh. She's gonna release a book called The Woman in Me. Mm. And mm, the best part of this is that when it was announced, obviously everyone was shaking because Everyone should be shaking yeah. because they did her wrong. I hope by everyone you mean her family. Yep. And the book was actually edited. I think there's a few less pages than the original. Um, but I'm still very excited. Maybe I know she'll release those on like a Patreon. Exactly. Or on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Twitter. One thing about my girl. On threads. Exactly. Something else that happened <laughs> Tell <laughs> this me. week. The New York Fashion Week calendar has been released. Ooh, you know what? I... I'm going to be honest, I was not in a proper mental place to receive that information. Yeah. Um, listen, <laughs> we are, summer has just reached its peak in terms of vibes, in terms of weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but we now, I guess, have to look at, at our lives post Labor Day. Yeah. Um, Fashion Week, as you may know, if you don't follow fashion as closely, Fashion Week is the New York Fashion Week is the first week in the circuit of Fashion Month. That is New York, London, Milan, and Paris. Yes, and it starts in September. Exactly, and it starts in September. Um, So the calendar was released, the preliminary calendar. The reason, it's obviously July, the reason why it's released so early is basically so people can mentally prepare themselves. Yeah, and book book their trips. Yeah, and like book their trips, and you have to do a lot of editorial planning, Mm -hmm. content planning, strategy for buys, for retailers. It's obviously like more than just when the show is. But there's some headlines. Tell me about who is new on the calendar. Who is new on the calendar? Grace Ling is a new designer on the calendar. She is very interesting. Um, we met her, her briefly. We met her briefly. She visited us at the office. She will. It's actually her debut, mm-hmm. her runway debut and her debut on the calendar. We have a lot of the designers from the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund, the finalists, who are joining the calendar as well for the first, very first time. One of them being Rachel Scott from Diotima. Mm-hmm. Beautiful brand. She's incredibly Diotima. talented. Diotima, yes. D- D-I-O-T-I-M-A. P- 
period. Spelling bee. I was. Um, <laughs> I was. A, I got third place. Period. Well, now you got first. Um, <laughs> one of two. Uh, there's also, well, Ralph Lauren is coming back to New York Fashion Week for the first time since 2019. He's been just vibing around the world He's or like vibing. L.A. In L.A., yeah. He's more recently shown in L.A. and just doing a lot of digital releases. He's coming back first day. Um, Gypsy Sport, Rio Rive, has, who has been showing in L.A., is also coming yeah. back to New York. There's a bunch of headlines. Another one is uh, Peter Doe is debuting at Helmut Lang. That's going to be exciting. That is exciting. Um, it's the first time we're seeing Helmut on the count, cal- like Helmut the brand on the calendar in a f- for a few, in yeah. a few years. And it's the first time, it's obviously his first collection, and he's actually kicking off the schedule. So yeah. it, it starts with him. Because Helmut Lang has been doing guest design, or did guest designers for a bit, then took a break. Yes. And now um, they've been doing back. sort of in-house, um, small collections, digital releases. But it makes sense because everybody loves to reference Helmut Lang. Yeah. I mean, Helmut is on everyone's mood board these yeah, days. So, so it's a now... very exciting... And Peter is one of the designers that really loves Helmut and has been um, looking at his work as inspiration for a while. So yeah. we're very excited about his yeah. debut. It it's like the mothership moment. is calling him home. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very much that. Not a surprise, mm-hmm. but an, but still exciting every time we see the calendar is that Willie Shavaria and Luar are closing out yes. the week with their usual spots. Willie has six mm-hmm. and Luar has eight. Yes, and squished in between the blondes. But it's interesting because ever since last season... Um, Willie and Luar have those 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 same spots. I love that. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's really closing out with a bang. Yeah. Ahead of New York Fashion Week last season in February, we did a conversation between Willie and Raul. Yes. About Latinidad, about being a designer today, about everything. So y'all should check it out. Laia, how many shows do you go to every I feel season? like I did, did I do like 20 does that seem like a number that is realistic? realistic. How many shows are total? Well, there's like, I did them well, yesterday. Yeah. There's 94 brands on the schedule yeah. and there were 71 show slots. So this season there's 71. Yeah. So I think it's about 22 to 25. Yeah. Because we'll go to like what, five to six shows yeah, every day shows, and we'll review at least three. Appointments. Plus appointments, plus different kinds of releases. So we see a lot of fashion. Yeah. We see a lot of fashion. Yeah. And obviously, like, if you put all of Vogue Runway together, which is not that many people, yeah. um, it's five of us, um, we see all of it. Yeah, we see all of it. And then we mm-hmm. go on and we look at it again. Exactly. And then we create a trend report. We're never not looking. Never. That's truly, like, <laughs> it should be our, like, motto, like, Vogue Runway, never not looking. <laughs> see fashion first. See fashion first. <laughs> <laughs> Vogue Runway, never not looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always yeah. watching. Always. The run-through will be back in just a moment. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand. Always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. 
This podcast is supported by Macy's. Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a backyard staycation, Macy's has what you need this summer. Shop the easiest and breeziest brands like Nina Parker, Vince Camuto, and Dolce Vita. Macy's has all your must-have items from sundresses to matching sets to wedges, beach bags and towels, you name it. Stock up for summer at Macy's. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style today. That's Macy's.com slash own your style. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. And we're back. And today we're talking to Hillary Tamer. We love Hillary. We love Hillary, a good friend of ours. We love her as a designer. She's the creative director and founder of Colina Strata. Not her real name. Not her real name, but as we'll you get will into find that. out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but we love Hillary. We love her work at Colina because she has made her whole work about being sustainable, right? And that doesn't mean just sustainable in terms of planet, in terms of materialization, but also in terms of community, Mm -hmm. in terms of being sustainable business. But she is a very exciting and a very uh, important presence in the landscape of New York fashion today. I think she's one of the more, more important designers that we have in New York. One of the reasons that we wanted to talk to her was, A, because we love her and she's Mm -hmm. a friend, but also because she has a really sort of real way of talking about the industry, her role in it, you know, the business. Like, she's very honest, and I think yeah. it's that's a, a rare quality. Colina Strada is coming up with a book. Which we're super excited. Yes. It's her. It's a monograph with Rizzoli um, that I think uh, commemorates her 10-year ten, decade-ish. Yes. It's like a loose decade yeah, it's anniversary a loose decade. Um, that gathers uh, all of her work with her frequent collaborator, Charlie Engman. The book yes. comes out in September, but we also that's also something that's really cool. And I think really takes her to the next level. Like we always joke about the emerging mm-hmm. designer label. Like she has emerged. Yeah, she has fully She's emerged. Out. She's out. Hi everyone. <laughs> Hello, Hillary. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, Hillary. Hi, Laya. Hi, Hi Jose. Hi, Jose. <laughs> so, Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> well, Barbie's here too. Um, Hillary. Welcome to the pod. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? My name's Hilary Tamor. I am the creative director of Kalina Strata. Amazing. What is a Kalina Strata? <laughs> Kalina Strata <laughs> is um, a, like an alter ego of mine. I started the brand when I was 21, and um, I just didn't want to name it after myself because I've like heard all the stories that happens. And so Kalina means hill in Italian, and Strata means road, and it translates to nothing. Period. <laughs> what stories happen? Well, like when people sell their brand and then they like lose their name and they can't design underneath themselves anymore. That's smart. Yeah. Do do you does it bother you when people call you Kalina? Um, it depends. It used to not bother me at all, but then sometimes people will be like, "Oh, I thought they'll be like, you're Kalina," and I'll be like, "No, I'm Hillary," and they're like, "Oh, sorry, wrong person." <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "No, right person, wrong like, name." Right person, wrong name. Yeah. So that's kind of. Where I'm starting to get annoyed, but then um, it, it's like an alter ego, so I'm okay with it. And then sometimes people will call me and they'll be like, I need to talk to Kalina. And I'll be like, 
okay, but I'm Hillary. I can help you. And they'll be like, no, I really need to talk to Kalina. And I'll be like, okay, hold, please. <laughs> and, and then you change your voice. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, this is Kalina. And they're like, oh, okay, so I have to, like, the shipping and da-da. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, it kind of works. Yeah. So for people that don't know your work yet that are listening, can you describe your aesthetic? What is the Kalina Strata universe like? Kalina Strata universe can be anything as long as it feels colorful, optimistic, and, like, has an element of... A Carolotta. <laughs> caring. So, yeah, caring, being sustainable, like, you know, thrifting, vintage. The best part about Clean Strata, I think, is, like, you can definitely see people do DIY. Mm-hmm. And I really try to, like, bring a DIY element to, like, you know, people who maybe could not afford the brand so they can yeah. get the same. It's, like, achievable without having to buy it. I love that. So, yeah. for context, I am wearing... A Kalina shirt, and it's actually orange and pink, and it has puppies on it. It's called Spiky Puppies. Spiky you can't puppies. see the puppies. It looks like florals, and then when you look closer, you realize that there's puppies. Yes, and then it's you like find, a secret treat. Exactly. Then you find a little eye, and you're like, oh wait. And the best part about that shirt is the puppies' nails. If you look closer, yes, they're mm-hmm. very pointy and very oh my cute. God. But they're not. Oh yeah, they're claws, but they're like cutie claws. They're puppy claws. Yeah, exactly. They're Kalina claws. Yeah, Kalina claws. <laughs> Soft and cute. <laughs> Soft and cute. Loves a spike. Mm-hmm. Loves a stud. Yeah. <laughs> loves a chain. Loves a puppy. Loves a puppy. Loves a puppy. <laughs> yeah. Well, your dog is a huge star in the Kalina universe. Yes. And also fashion. Yes. Yeah. He's a front row star for sure. Um, I aspire to be him every day honestly. he has a mohawk by the way yeah <laughs> for how long how long have you been together we've been together for 11 and a half years now oh my god. yeah oh my god I amazing thought, i thought he was a puppy he has puppy energy and old soul wisdom so he's That's the best combo yeah, yeah. very nice. he is a blue merle pomeranian and he has one black paw and half a blue eye and another brown eye and a mohawk and a mohawk and an iconic name powie Powie. Yeah. <laughs> but, and he actually goes to shows. Like yeah, he last goes to shows. year, I think the Dion Lee well, show was at the same day as yours, right? Yeah, he went, he did his show. He walked yeah. a show. Oh, he and had then 10 he, shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He walked a show at six and then he sat front row at nine. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I went backstage to Hillary's show for Colina for uh, a vocal club video. And obviously, Paul was there. And then when I, I like leave, do my stuff, go to the Dion Lee show, and Dion and Hillary are close friends. And I'm like, I surprise backstage at Dion exactly. Lee. <laughs> and I'm like, what? why Powie, are you here? But was Paul had a? Uh, did he have an outfit change or? Um, the only thing that I have. You know, a problem with with Pally, we've had uh, many year arguments about is he won't wear clothes, <sighs> but he wears accessories, and that's where we draw the line. Okay. So I do think he put on a new necklace for the Dion yes. show. It's important also to note that Pally walked the show with a model who was wearing his face on a shirt. Yeah. Important. Yeah. Without Very any strike. Well, because yeah. I was getting in a little tip with Vanessa, the stylist, Vanessa Reed, style the show, and she um, was like, oh, I love this look. And I was like, it's not working. Because she like she's like, Pally has to be in the show, like the face, the t-shirt face. And I was like, I don't, I don't love the look. And then she was like, go get the dog from downstairs. And she <laughs> got the dog. And she like put it in Kelly's hand, put him in Kelly's hand. And she's like, now it's a look. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fine. Well, so to contextualize this visual, um, this is your fall 2023 show, which yeah. you presented um in February. And the collection was called Please Don't Eat My Friends, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is sort of really very much encompasses your vision as well. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about 
that, the please don't eat my friends of it all? Please don't eat my friends of it all is um, just, you know, promoting vegan vegetarianism, trying to eat less meat. And so I really tried to, in an activist way, create models and animals in the show that you're going to want to be friends with and maybe not eat. You have a book coming out. Yeah, you're right. Um, so okay, I Coming out in September. Yeah. It's called I Care A Lot I Wear Clean Estrada. So what's in the book? So the book is like my life um, in a book. So <laughs> basically it starts from um, 2019 shows. I think we kind of like did this quick timeline. It kind of just encompasses the brand and all mm-hmm. elements. Like it goes back through the time of our shows and our important moments. Um, like when we took Kim Petras and the Met Galas in there. And then there's sketches from some different types of digital content. And it kind of like encompasses mm-hmm. um all the seasons that we love. I love that. As we were prepping for this, we realized that we know a lot about Colina and Hillary, but we don't know the the early days. Okay. So can you walk us through like how you got started, when you launched the brand, how Spill you launched the, history the brand? Tea. Exactly. Yeah, got it. Okay. So historically, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I started in college as a handbag brand. I was working in fashion and I would just start making bags for myself with a friend and like I'd wear them around and people were like, what is that? I want to buy it. And so I just like decided to start a handbag brand, mm-hmm. not knowing what I was getting myself into, but loved it and like was so grateful to, it was pre-Instagram, pre all that. So like I would like be on daily candy blogs and like <laughs> oh, really, blogs. really old era internet, right? Age me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Historically. <laughs> yeah. Historically. <laughs> Yeah, so we started in handbag world, and I think in, like, 2017, I really just could not work with leather anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I had this really bad um, production thing where, you know, tick, they're like, tick little marks on leather sometimes, and so yeah. production people will cut around a tick mark, and I just was surrounded by death, and I was crying, and I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem right, and, like, I don't want to be the one responsible for this much consumption. So I changed my whole strategy, and I always wanted to be ready to wear, and I just slowly got there. So for more context on, like, the production of bags and leather, kind of like when you order fabric from a mill, you order leather from a tannery, and these are all skins, right? Like, they're actually the true skins that are laying flat, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are, like, either dyed or in color. And they're, like, in a little shade. Yeah, and, like, of course, you know, you have to remember that these are skins of animals that are, like, living, right? So you'll have, like, tick marks, like the actual (laughs) bug, or you'll have, like, a scar, or you'll Mm -hmm. have... All these things. So when you actually see the skin laying flat, you actually like when you see, see the, the yeah when yeah. you see the handbag, you don't really connect to it this way. But when you actually see the skin before it's like turned into the shoe or the bag, you actually see that there was a life, mm-hmm. and that that is a very overwhelming experience. Yeah. So you went into ready to wear, mm-hmm. and how? Let's fast forward a little bit. What was the first collection where you felt, oh, this is where everything clicked for you and you were like, this is this is what I what I want to do. I mean, every collection is something. I don't think you can be an independent fashion designer if you're not obsessed with fashion. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's like you like it. You have to be obsessed. You have to dream about it. I dream about it. I like every part of me is like, what am I gonna wear today? Fashion is everything. So <clears throat> sort of like stemming from that question that Laya just asked, I'm curious in terms of like let's let's define success in term in, mm-hmm. in the in the words of like Hillary Tamer and Kalina Strata, right? Like where it clicked exactly. Mm-hmm. Where where the where what was the collection or the season where you were like, oh, I'm actually doing 
what I have been trying to do. So okay, so I had a a small show in Chinatown, a tiny show, and it was autumn winter eighteen. And Matthew Schneider gave me like a full page in New York Times. We love Matthew Schneider. We love, yeah, Matty. yeah. And and I recently talked to him about it, and I was like, "You made my career." And he was like, "I thought I was late to the game." I was like, no, that really like solidified everything for me, and I knew I was on the right path because that show wasn't even reviewed by Vogue yet. Mm-hmm. And basically, I had my friend Sasha Furlover marry her higher self on stage, <laughs> <laughs> like bridesmaid. It was a whole wedding. We had a wedding basically in like this tiny tiny space in Chinatown and it was really beautiful and I just remember like hearing I was backstage and I heard her vows and it was really cute and I just started crying backstage like alone <laughs> no one else was there <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know where everyone else a was a one woman show yeah. yeah and then we all went on Sasha and I went on honeymoon in Las Vegas and did a whole trip around documenting and like a little video about her honeymoon and we went to an Elvis impersonator and he came to us and said Oh, I know you guys. I saw you on in the New York Times. I'm I'm, I'm going to marry you for free. <laughs> and so he married her again for the video for free because he had read about us in the New York Times. And if that Elvis impersonator hadn't known that about me, I think I don't know where I'd be now. Because <laughs> that really just made the whole trip. You know, the moral of the story, which is, you know— a write-up like that can really introduce you to people who you have never imagined you could reach, right? Never. Like, you can assume that you're reaching, like, the friend of a friend on Instagram and then mm-hmm. you're reaching, like, whatever girls that are around in your The six like, degrees yeah, of New like, York. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly, the six degrees of New York. But, like, reaching the Elvis in, you know, in, it's Las, like, Vegas. in Las Vegas is, yeah. like, a completely different— I think it was, like, the wedding feature. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to him because he's obviously yeah. a wedding person. So— it was just a really magical experience where I was like, wow, this is my come to Jesus moment yeah. for the brand. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's so, special. so it's it's been a really challenging time mm-hmm. for independent labels and designers. What would you say is truly what it takes for someone to have a brand, for you to have your brand today? As an independent designer. As an as independent a whole, designer. I yeah. mean, okay, so... I think it's really challenging right now with the economy and such. And because there's so many independent brands out there, I think it just takes severe dedication, obsession, essentially. Um, I really believe that. I find that sometimes people, when they get proposed a merchandising plan, right, they're like, oh, I know I need a sleeveless dress and I need a pant that fits like this. But it's not in their clear vision of what their show is. So then they fill gaps with things that maybe don't have the details that they would need. So they're just making product. But I believe now as an independent designer, like you have to make all the details in every single product for it to give itself space on the shelf. Because I think that just putting fluff out there is we don't we can't get away with that anymore. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things um, about you also is that you know, when you refer to yourself as a small business owner, like I think that makes a big difference and I think it does put into perspective because I think especially, you know, young people, I think when you're like, I want to be a designer, like a lot of the times that's influenced by sort of the glamour and the this and that, but you're a small, like you're a business owner. That is, you know, that encompasses, I think, a, a different world too. Totally. And I think it's, there's one thing to be said about being a small business owner and knowing a different Level of success is different for everyone, right? Having X amount of dollars in the bank is different for some people. As an artist, 
I'm less concerned about the finances and more concerned if I'm able to afford to make the product that I want to make. And after finally how many years that I've been doing this, this whole book, um, I'm able to like be in the studio and be like, today I'm going to make this. Mm-hmm. And I get to make it. And that's true success for me because I can put in my head what I want to make in it. Before it was like 10%. And that wedding show, I think I was at like 3% of what I wanted to make. So there's so much growth there. And I think, you know, as a small brand grows, people are always trying to be like, oh, we have to double next season, double next year. And I think unhealthy growth can really get you hurt in fashion. And it's about like having real approaches to profit and growth and also just like making it work for you. And you don't have to be 30% over last year to make to be better. You can be comfortably the same yeah. and still be successful as long as you're making the product that you want to make. Because it's we're making art and we're making things that, you know, are examples of us or embody us because we're designers. We make what we want to make. So if you're able to do that, that's success. You've also done a lot of cool collaborations. Mm-hmm. Going back to something that you mentioned uh, at the top of our conversation, which is that you love the idea of giving people sort of the freedom to DIY mm-hmm. versions of what you do. Like it's, and, I, and you mentioned it to me when we talked, I think, um, last season before the show. Like it's not just about being about buying to be a part of. Yeah. Like they can just be a part of the yeah. world um, themselves. So do you want to talk a little bit about your approach to collaborations too? Well, today I'm wearing my Gucci collaboration pants. Do lo- we and, did and love your Vans collaboration sneaker. The Vans, people stop me on the street when I wear them, like yeah. all the time. Okay, so forewarning, future customers. <laughs> 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 if you wear clean Estrada, you will get stopped on the street. Yeah, it's just 100%. It's just what happens. I'm sorry. I hope you like it. <laughs> Leo's, it's for you. Me. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, Leo's, actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, you know, I love to be a head turner. Mm-hmm. So I think doing something like fans or, you know, the Melissa Club was a huge success. Being able to create something. I love to be able to create within someone else's space. As a designer, I find it a great challenge to be like, these are my parameters. This mm-hmm. is what you're allowed to do and try to make the best type of product you can that maybe no one's seen before within those guidelines and rules. And I think also a cool thing is that the price point does not go up because mm-hmm. that's yeah. a thing that happens often with designer collaborations with sort of, you know, with like a Vance or a Melissa, which is not a very high price yeah. thing to begin with. Sometimes when there's a designer collaboration, you're like, oh, but I still can't afford it. Yeah. But yeah. not your stuff. No. Accessibility. <laughs> it's like true accessibility. Yeah. Like that's part of your ethos and a, a variety of, of ways yeah. expressed throughout your, your label from like yeah. passing clothes, like everything. Everything. That's kind of the jam. We want it to be approachable. And that's why I do a lot of collabs so we can continue to give accessibility to people who can't afford it and they can still buy into the dream. We were talking about something the other day, which is that a lot of retailers have been cutting buys. Mm -hmm. And like not not to bring us back to the economics, but I'm actually generally curious, right? There's a lot of retailers that have been cutting buys, particularly for independent brands and independent designers uh, for a variety of reasons. But when you are... A, a, a small brand or where you're an independent brand like yourself, how do you pivot from that? Independent designers are the first off the chopping block for all retailers when we have economic slumps. It's just what it is because they have to keep their buys at a certain level to keep all the luxury houses yeah. or else they'll lose the accounts. So if they cut those accounts, so there's nothing left for us. 
So we get to be scrappy and have fun. <laughs> have fun. Have fun being scrappy. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Maybe a chef-grade range made you want to hone your cooking skills or a high-tech tennis racket made you want to work on your backhand. I recently bought a new pair of running shoes and that made me love hitting the pavement again. Well, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What has, like, uh, having, you know, being your own retailer you Mm -hmm. know you sell on your website what is that has that taught you anything about you know your approach to the collections like what has that shown you about the people that that buy Kalina oh it's it's basically like having your customer reviews and like understanding your customer right in front of your face it's so nice you can see what sells what's not moving what people respond to has there been anything surprising you've learned through receiving all this information? Like, maybe it's, like, demographic or geographically. Recently, we're having a huge influx in Seoul right now. Love. 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 That's a really good street style, that's, too. And yeah. that's, like, they love fashion. Fashion. Yeah. Capitalize, idolize. Mm-hmm. With like, the whole love. thing. So we're seeing literally every day we get a sale from from Seoul. And we have a lot of cool new stores there that we're going we're gonna to make a rooftop farm in Kalina May cool. in May in May love. we were just talking about rooftop because that was your we were talking oh, yeah. about oh what was your first Kalina show oh yours was the rooftop yeah it was a rooftop Fun. one which was like what spring 21 the reason why we're sort of reminiscing is because your shows are very sort of like they're Kalina land yeah they're Kalina wood yeah. you know they're like yeah. actually such like fun little literally community like moments right and it's fun because like in the past i had interacted with your brand like seeing friends wear it or like obviously checking it out on vogue runway or whatever and i was like oh cool but i had never i never fully like got it yeah. until i went to the show mm-hmm. yeah you and like experience yeah it. and like once i was at the show and this show was like beautiful it was at a rooftop garden everyone was wearing like a bright color everyone was in the best mood in the world this yeah. was also the first season like that it was shows the first show back. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the first season back. It was and it was literally the first back. show. Yeah. yeah, you were opening Fashion Week that season, I remember. So it was like, it, everyone was so excited. Yeah. And I like walked into this world and I was like, oh my God, like this is Colleen Estrada. Yeah. I'm like, I am fully like... Colina Pilled. Colina Pilled, <laughs> <Yes>. literally. <laughs> well, I think the special thing we were able, I was able to achieve with my team that I love um, was that you know, I think there's a different kind of energy when you walk into my show. It's really, people are like, what's going to happen? Everyone seems happy. There's people here. <laughs> Why is everyone smiling? Why is yeah. everyone smiling? We love to hooter and holler <laughs> yeah. at yeah. the shows. You're allowed to scream yeah. at my shows. And it's 
kind of encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want you to interact. And, like, we have the models interacting with the audience. Sometimes I'll pick, like, a special moment. Like, that one show you were at, I had my friend Sasha Forlover, who was the bride in the other show I was talking about, grab Courtney Trope, my friend from the audience, and make out with her on because they were, like, kind of flirting. Mm-hmm. And that was their first kiss. <laughs> <laughs> And so I fell in love with the it was consensual on both ends. I worked it out before <laughs> or prior. And yeah, and it was just like a moment. And that moment's actually in the book. I care a lot. I wear Kalina Strata made by Rosalie. <laughs> you can pre-order it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, things like that. You know, there's a lot of unexpected things that happen on the runway. And I really love runway for that. I love mm-hmm. going back to like, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of 90s runway in this performative element, but also yeah. very modern and like accessibility and community and everyone. It's for everyone, really. You know, people are always like, oh, some people are like, it makes me feel old. And I'm like, people older than you walk the show. It doesn't make me feel old. It no. makes me feel great. And you yeah. know what? You never leave a Kalina show and you're like, mm, that could have been a photo shoot. Yeah, never. <laughs> and and, yeah. and, we, oh and we will say. I feel so successful exactly. right now. <laughs> but it's true. And like, you know, for, for a lot of our listeners, like, you know, there's obviously a lot of brands also release their collections on lookbooks and they're just images that you can, that you also see in Vogue Runway. Some people do shows. And it's interesting because, you know, through the pandemic, there was a lot of conversation on whether fashion needed a show, right? S- shows are expensive. Mm -hmm. They (laughs) are very wasteful in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways, especially, you know, if you're building an entire new set for your show, all these things are expensive, they're wasteful, they are hard to pull off, and not every brand needs a show, Mm -hmm. right? But what's interesting is when you you leave a show and you're like, oh, wow, like, that was a show, show, right? Like, and you're excited about it and you saw something new and that doesn't always happen. Yeah. And that's what's really special about what you've done at Kalina. So not to fully pivot. I let's mean, pivot. Let's we love to pivot. pivot. I love it. <laughs> but, you know, you and I took a little trip a few months ago. We mm-hmm. went to SCAD, which is the Savannah College of Art and Design. It's a, it's a school in, in Savannah, Georgia, in the South, which is where I, full disclosure, which is where I studied fashion. Alumni. And alum, uh, we had alumni so much fun. We had a lot of fun. I had FOMO about this trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should It was come. a cool trip. So <laughs> what we did is we went um, with a few other folks from the industry. We went to critique uh, the senior thesis, right? Like mm-hmm. the senior collections that the fashion students had done when they were finishing it. Where I'm going with this is that when I was a student, I remember that a lot of the feedback that I received from my professors or from people going to talk to us, you know, you would you would be painted this picture of what it was like to be a successful designer and like what it was like to have gotten there. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of the examples were examples that are not necessarily relatable today. Like, but as we were there, I realized that you are now one of the stories of what it means like to have a brand and a career in fashion, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean like? Like what does that mean to you? It's like my little girl self is so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's thriving. She's thriving. Um, but I think it's it's a really interesting thing because yeah, I have I think people a lot of times think Kalina Strad is a new brand mm-hmm. and they're like, Wow, she just came up out of nowhere. I'm like, No. I did <laughs> literally ten shows before it was on Vogue Runway. Yeah. Runway shows, you know? So a lot I've worked really hard and it feels amazing to find like get the recognition for the hard work and I feel like I didn't get too famous too early which is also a thing and mm-hmm. I think a lot yeah. of people get put in the the limelight and they're not ready for it mm-hmm. or they're not ready for the business element and they're not ready to back up with the body of work or all those things cuz it takes a really long time to understand this industry understand when it takes 
for a merchandising plan that it takes to make a runway show, what it takes to make a dress for a red carpet, you know, and all of those types of different interactions that you have with people every single day. And I think it's really important to make sure that you're ready for those moments when you do have like a career influx. Mm -hmm. And I feel really grateful, especially in a day where everyone is can be famous, you know, (laughs) and they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I just feel grateful to like finally at least be able to make the clothes that I want to make and have people like you guys appreciate it and have fun. And I feel like I can be that person in the industry where people are like, oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Niche is Niche, niche is, is a in. great place to be. It's the best. It's, it's the best place best to be. Best place to be, especially be. right now where there's so much stuff out there. You have to, as an independent designer, you have to be niche. But like, how do you find your niche? Saturn returns. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Saturn! That is so real. That is so real. Yeah. Saturn return is when you turn 27. I think it's ish. actually yeah, 27. Your uh, the planets align the same place they were when you were first born, and it is a period of rediscovery. And I had a great Saturn return. Uh, this was also popularized, but or how I learned about it was because no doubt released a record called Sat- uh, "The Return of Saturn," which was about Gwen Stefani's Return of Saturn. But that's a story for that's another a time. Definitely a different Wait, story. So, like, am I my Saturn return? You yes, yes say, of course you are. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Not me coming. Did you just turn twenty-eight? I just turned twenty-eight. Yeah. Yes, you're. Oh my God. It's this. You got this job. <laughs> you turn twenty-seven. A couple months later, mm-hmm. you are like in your yeah, Saturn in return. It. You're in it, Ugh, and you're gonna thrive you're out. Yes, yes. You, I'm so excited for you. Such Thank a you. great time. Yeah, wow. scary. So great. that's basically where I found, and you know, getting being comfortable in your own mm-hmm. body, comfortable in yourself, comfortable looking different from other people. You're just self assured. You get it. That also comes with age. <laughs> Period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a designer who focuses on sustainability and as a brand that is sustainable in more way than one, right? Like as you're talking yeah. in terms of community, in terms of interacting with community, giving them something and them giving something back to you in terms of business, sustainable growth, in terms of materials, in mm-hmm. terms of design. What are some of the challenges that you face trying to build this structure? Yeah, as we grow, there's definitely a lot of challenges. And right now I'm trying to very much keep everything local and whether it's in New York or whether it's in different countries, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to localize different types of products being made. So what happens in fashion is when you make a product, you know, the fabric might be coming from India, then you're going to sew it in New York, and then you're going to ship it to Italy. So we were doing a program with Vitelli, um, who makes incredible knitwear, and we made these beautiful sweaters. And so he was making them in Italy with all this waste of yarn. And we basically, all the stores that we had in Europe, we just kept it there and shipped it separate because why are we shipping it back to our Mm -hmm. warehouse in New York Mm -hmm. to go backwards? So trying to figure out all these different ways to minimize the impact. And it can be so much bigger. And I feel like people, when they approach sustainability, they just think of fabrication. Mm -hmm. And it's so much bigger than that. Fabrication is a huge thing, obviously. But I think it goes into who's making the product? How are you supporting these people? Like, and it's so much bigger. It's. I think it's important to note, I think with all of these sort of sustainability, diversity, like all of these subjects, it takes a lot of work to do it. You yeah. can't just say, I want to do it and say, oh, well, I, I wanted to do this, but it's too difficult. Like, it is too difficult, it but is. you have to work through it to actually, yeah. like, make the change. Yeah. Um. That's it. I, I, well, and sustainability, <laughs> I just, sustainability for me is, is my true. biggest roadblock for designing at this point. 
And thank God. Like, yeah. because it should be. Mm-hmm. That should be every designer's biggest challenge. Well, what I love, it goes back to something you were saying earlier, which is having parameters, right? You mm-hmm. were talking about this in the, in the context of collaborations, but I think having a roadblock like that one also gives you structure. Totally. Which I think is interesting. What are some of those parameters that sustainability gives you? Yardage. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, which I, I never used to think about. And now I'm really starting to think about it. Because even, yeah. So Let's talk about yardage for our non-fashion listeners. <laughs> um, just how much fabric is in a garment. Mm-hmm. So being really smart with patterns or cutting, like where if I created this much train or this drama effect. So creating really impactful pieces with little amounts of fabrication. So that is something I'm really focusing on. And yeah, things like that, or I never would have thought. Yeah. What is a big misconception about being sustainable? Fabrication. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I think um, a misconception. Yeah, because a lot of people will say, oh, this fabric uses 60% less water. I never understood that one. Then what? Yeah, yeah. then and normal then fabric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. But like, if you can make it that, you should always make it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also that you don't use recycled bottle plastic fabric. No. Which is a thing that... It's a microplastic mess, which people don't talk about. Yeah. Because we're always learning about sustainability every day. Mm-hmm. There's always a new innovation. There's always a new technology. There's always a new dream. There's always a new problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with this new science and innovation, there's always going to be something you didn't really think of afterwards. Or, you know, with the recycled water bottle thing, it's just a bunch of microplastics, and that's how they get there. I don't know if it's—I'm not going to say it's a horrible thing, but I don't use it. Yeah. yeah. And that's also part of it. Know what works for you. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So, Laya, do you want to ask the final and mandatory <gasps> oh, question? Oh, yeah. This is our favorite <laughs> Let us pick your brain. (laughs) What are you into? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What's inspiring? I mean, this is this is a fashion and culture show, so this is is the question we have. We love culture. Okay, so we brought Barbie here today. Yes. Okay, so for everyone that is listening and not watching, there's a there's a Kalina Barbie. Yeah, I brought (laughs) her. She is wearing a beautiful Kalina dress. The Barbie is present. She's looking at me. She has a beautiful bob. She is wearing Kalina sneakers. And a gown. And a gown. And, a gown. and, and rings a necklace, and a necklace. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's Just here. probably uh, check out hostess. any of our social media accounts when this drops. <laughs> she's so booked. what are you reading? What are you listening to? I'm, okay, I'm in like a full meditation kick right now because I'm having a very stressful week. So I am meditative sounds, whale noises, rain we love clouds. Whale noise. How do you feel about the whales unionizing? I, <gasps> I think love it's amazing. this orca union. Isn't it incredible? <laughs> I'm so happy. Honestly, I couldn't be more thrilled. I mean, if they all, once the birds join in, we're, it's <laughs> over for humans. Listen, please Listen, meet my friends. I love, but I, I love I'm everyone's striking. I love everyone unionizing. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. And so I'm also very into grounding right now, you guys. <laughs> and if you don't know Tell what grounding is. Tell me more about is. it. Okay. So I got these new sheets and they're like, have like silver in them. And you connect them to the wall and you, it's a grounding process. Like energy? Yeah. Grounding to the earth. Basically, because if you don't spend enough time barefoot outside in nature, which is very important for your, like, balance as a human, mm-hmm. as a New York City dweller. I'm really That's interested. very difficult to that do. Is, yeah, yeah, it's very difficult to achieve. And I feel like I'm so connected to nature and I really, th- like, 
crave that mm-hmm. life. Um, so I'm starting a new grounding type workshop for myself. Let me know how that works. Yeah, yeah. Like I love to be barefoot, but not in nature in New York because there isn't any. There is yeah. none. No, you can't do it here. No. Yeah. So there's like special sheets you can get and this whole like practice of meditation to help ground you in the city. Hmm. I love that. Well, yeah. thank you for coming on the pod on your on your very stressful week. Yeah, it's okay. We I hope, hope we're not part little, of the stress. No, I hope we're grounding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're I'll like nature. We're oh, like, <laughs> I showed up thirty minutes early. I was having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're chilling at the couch. We're yeah. driving on a special yeah. couch. Yeah. yeah, and Hillary, thank you so much for joining oh, us. Thanks for having me. God, this was so fun. And Barbie, thank you for coming as well. Thank you for yeah. coming. And that's it for this episode. The Run-Through with Vogue is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment. The show is produced by Susie Lechtenberg, Chelsea Daniel, and Alex John Burns. This episode was engineered by Jake Loomis and mixed by Mike Kutchman. See you next week. Bye. Adios. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. Do you ever see a new face or name on your news feeds and say, who the heck is that? Our podcast, Who Weekly, is everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Think of us as your cheat code to People Magazine, your glossary for Hollywood, a shortcut to understanding pop culture at large. For the past eight years, Who Weekly has been telling listeners everything they need to know about the celebrities they don't. The New Yorker says we spelunk deep into the demimonde with convivial delight. That's a direct quote. Mostly, we're going to explain to you Irish star Barry Keoghan's sudden rise to fame and relationship with a not-so-under-the-radar pop princess named Sabrina. The fake wedding Real Housewives star Cynthia Bailey had to promote a limo rental company. And why all the Gen Zers you know are talking about a guy named Benson Boone. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we answer the most burning celebrity queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.